0: Hi, my name is Sarah, and you're listening to the Bloom As You Grow podcast. (laughs) Happy 2020! I'm so excited to be back recording my very first episode of 2020. Thank you so much for being here with me again today and also thank you so much for your patience surrounding this episode I took a little week-long hiatus where um, I took the space that I would have normally used to record the episode that would have been out on the second to rest because I desperately needed it and Now I am just excited to be back and for you to hear this and I feel fresh and ready to go. So I also wanted to say that I hope everyone had a safe and fun New Year's if you are one to celebrate it in a large way. I usually do or at the very least I definitely buy into the new year new slate mentality where I love how the end of the year invokes um, reflection and how when I start a new year I do really feel like I have a new slate and can set new intentions and goals and memories and I can sort of just like wash away the previous year I know I could do that at any point and you can do that at any point too but I'm just I think it's just so beautiful that there's a intentional space and an intentional holiday that's made to celebrate a year of a life and can be used to um, be reflective So I'm very excited about that and about the intentions I've made. And I also wanted to say that I hope that you all had a um, happy holiday season if you celebrate. And if you didn't have a happy holiday season, I'm very sorry because I know the holidays can be incredibly difficult for some people. It can be very triggering. It can be hard seeing family again if you do see your family, or it can be hard to reflect on not seeing family and friends if you're in a position where you can't. So on that note, I wanted to talk about this week's episode, which is an episode that will be talking about toxic positivity. And this episode will be a part of a series of episodes on self-care. I figure January will be a good month to talk about self-care and to um, do some episodes regarding self-care because the holidays are really difficult and coming to a new year and trying to um, enact on all of our goals and intentions can be incredibly stressful and sometimes we can forget to take care of ourselves and to extend ourselves that love and patience. Um, So the way that episode is going to work today is I am going to talk about toxic positivity, what it is, why it's harmful or maybe not entirely helpful, and I'm also going to go over some media or art, I guess, that kind of combats toxic positivity and creates more of a balanced narrative. I have two poems and I have a song. So without further ado, let's dive in. So what is toxic positivity? What am I talking about? If you weren't already aware, Toxic positivity refers to the concept that keeping positive and keeping positive only is the right way to live your life. It means only focusing on positive things and rejecting anything that may trigger negative emotions. So what this means is toxic positivity can be seen in the ways that you'll see people saying things like, oh, good vibes only or um, it'll be the people in your life that will say phrases like the following. I have some written down here. You'll get over it. Just be positive. Stop being so negative. Think happy thoughts. Never give up. Just be happy. See the good in everything. So, at the surface level when you hear the description of toxic positivity you can think well you know what what's the problem with encouraging people to try to remain positive or look to the positive side and not dwell on negative emotions well the problem with forcing people or really just encouraging people to only think positive thoughts and to only be happy all the time is that it really tries to force people to avoid unpleasant emotions and the issue with that is if we deny or avoid unpleasant emotions that doesn't eliminate them they don't go anywhere it really honestly just makes them bigger and in some instances, especially if, um, you struggle with your mental health, I can speak from this only from my own experience, but especially when it comes to, um, people who live with anxiety like me, that anxiety, for example, that you can experience will only get bigger or you'll just have this like unexplained anxiety and like, it'll just pop up and it, it'll come back. (laughs) it's like a boomerang you're trying to let it go and you let it go as far as possible but you know it's coming back (laughs) she'll it's coming back for you so um and it also can be difficult because then when you avoid feeling negative emotions um you're basically telling yourself that you don't need to pay attention to them And those unprocessed emotions um, are often things that will become bigger problems later on, like I'm trying to communicate. But also, you know, the negative emotions or the difficult emotions are ones that carry a lot of valuable information. And I I talked about this a little bit when I talked about Jealousy and the ways that jealousy can be helpful, even though it's a difficult emotion, it's um, traditionally a more frowned upon emotion. But I think that listening to our negative feelings or our difficult emotions can really allow ourselves to figure out what we need. And what's going on around us. Um, For example, I read this article in um, Psychology Today, which is actually where I also pulled the um, description of toxic positivity and some of the information that I'm talking about regarding toxic positivity. And um, one of the examples that they provided was when you're scared, your emotions are telling you, be aware of your surroundings, right? So, um, and that's a helpful thing. Like, we we can be scared and we can think, oh, like, why am I scared? I should just get over it. Um, another example that they gave that was really good was when you're about to do a presentation and if you ever get stage fright, if you're a performer. Um, and you can think, oh, like, why don't I have, like, maybe the emotions that you're experiencing or the um, dismissal of your emotions that you're experiencing I should say is this idea of like oh where's my confidence why aren't why can't I just get over this like it'll be fine like I should get over it but really um, that kind of like stage fright adrenaline is an indication that you really care about what you're going to do and you have a lot of I guess like maybe underlying passion or um, you're, you want to be thoughtful with the way you're about to approach your presentation or your performance and that fear or that stage fright um, is something that you could use to your advantage and can be helpful to you in terms of being able to go out there and give it your all, right? And also, um, when we, I want to say, when we accept difficult emotions and we give them space, you would think that really dwelling, I, I guess you could call it dwelling, or really focusing on your negative emotions can make them, like, bigger or can, like, consume you, I guess. But actually, a lot of the time, um, accepting difficult emotions... Um, helps you cope with them better and will decrease the intensity of the emotion. Because when you when you think about it, like, emotions aren't necessarily good or bad. Um, and it's not as black and white as emotions are positive or negative. They also have a purpose and they're all a part of us to provide guidance and make sense of things. So, toxic positivity, in summation, can be very harmful and not helpful because avoiding our emotions, not listening to what they have to say, um, and suppressing those underlying issues really can manifest into other things that... Will be difficult to manage, and also won't make us as thoughtful or mindful of awa- or aware of what's going on around us because you're approaching life then in a very rose-tinted way that will um, it'll always just come back if you don't learn how to cope with these negative emotions appropriately. Um, and yeah it could just be very detrimental to your mental and physical health like and I can speak from that from experience I can speak to the fact that for a very very long time I was somebody who always just tried to remain positive and push through negative emotions and have like just that like grind mentality of just like really just going 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 and always just trying to remain as like positive and um, looking to the bright side all the time and being sad (laughs) when I would experience negative emotions or I would um, have like down periods for long periods of time. Um, And what I began to notice was, I think I've kind of touched on this previously, but My stress and anxiety, when it was left unattended and I didn't actually develop healthy coping mechanisms to manage my negative feelings, it just manifested in a different way. I started to experience really horrible um, physical health issues like acid reflux and Um, digestive issues, and sleep issues, which also, I mean, isn't just to do with avoiding negative emotions and not coping with, like, my anxiety in productive ways, but um, I do notice now when I am particularly stressed, I will develop (laughs) really, yeah, just, like, horrible heartburn acid reflux, and it's a combination of both, Um, just adjusting my diet and um, focusing on de-stress and um, coping and self-care that will help to um, decrease the impact that these health issues can have in my life. (laughs) Okay, so now you might be wondering... Well, Sarah, I've been told for a good portion of my life that I should keep positive, look on the bright side, and that negative emotions are ones that you just kind of have to suppress. <laughs> what does this mean for me? What are you trying to tell me? Well, what I'm trying to say is in my just completely anecdotal Um, experience I believe that life is all about balance it's about being able to acknowledge that you experience negative emotions it's about reaching out for help when you can expressing when things are hard expressing when you're feeling these quote-unquote negative emotions um, when you're scared when you're really struggling And then also allowing yourself to feel that you can look to what you want to extend gratitude for in your life, what the positives are in your life, and acknowledging that both can exist. Both can take up space in your life. Both deserve to be in your life and to be felt and to be heard. Because just because we... Can experience joy and have positive emotions and be happy and have good things in our lives, does not mean that it has to be solely the positives and the good things that we have in our life that we are things that we focus on or we feel. And it doesn't diminish the probability that there will be things in our lives that in our lives that we can struggle with or will feel bad about. Um, because I think that is kind of a common narrative that we'll see as well, is especially when it comes to like celebrity or people who are extremely extremely privileged, you know, there are people that can look to these people and say, "Oh, well, you know, how can you struggle when you have so much? And I think that it's really polarizing um, or it can be really polarizing to some people. Um, in terms of feeling that it can only be one way or the other. We can only have positive experiences and have the positive experiences make everything better, or we can only struggle, and in that struggle we'll never see a happy day or a um, small moment of joy. Um, So I genuinely believe that life is really a balance of the highs and the lows, the ups and the downs. And I think that acknowledging and being honest and transparent about what we're going through with people we feel safe with and we feel we can share that side of ourselves with um, will really save us. And then also having ourselves be a safe and confident um, supporter Of our negative feelings and emotions and experiences. So, to echo that statement, I have two poems that I feel really capture this balance and being able to acknowledge the good and the bad um, in our lives. And the first one I'm going to talk about is called The Last Poem by Clementine von Radix. Um, What I love about this poem is Clementine acknowledges that life is hard but extends gratitude to the things that they have also. So it's a very careful balance between the shoe and shows that we can still be suffering or experience hardship even when our lives on paper are like really stable and really good and, um, and it can seem like we have all the resources to make us happy. Because um, I know that personally that's something that I can struggle with sometimes because I am somebody like I've spoken about that's in a very privileged position and um, even when I look to my life and I look at what I have I can see that things can be really stressful sometimes Um, But for the time being my job is relatively stable and so is my home environment and I have good supports and friends and family members that are very supportive and loving as well and that's a lot more than some other people can say in some of those regards and Sometimes I'll think about, you know, how stressed I can get at my job or um, what I can go through. And it's like, I'll think to myself, well, like, you have things so good right now. <laughs> like, there are people that struggle way more than you. Like, why, like, why are you feeling this way? And why can't you see what you have? And I think that, um, it's exactly that like toxic positivity that really will start to creep in. And I think it's important that we acknowledge that just because there are good things that are present in our lives doesn't mean we'll never experience hardship. And it doesn't always have to be a competition of who is struggling the most, although it is good to acknowledge when you have privilege and it's good to acknowledge that There are people that experience some very, very desperate, tragic hardships. Um, I think it's always important to acknowledge as well that, um, what is it? What's the phrase? That comparison is the thief of joy. (laughs) And um, it's not always fair to not acknowledge that our hardships are. Just as valid and just as worthy of us feeling badly about them than hardships and struggles that are infinitely um, more difficult than our own because they can still affect you in very big ways and can make you feel a lot and will affect your mental and inf- mental. I meant to say mental and physical. <laughs> I'm a graduated English major. (laughs) I know words. (laughs) Will I edit this out? We'll see. (laughs) Mental and physical well being applaud for me please at home um I made it (laughs) I I got there eventually (laughs) okay now for the poem that I've mentioned is called the last poem by Clementine von Radix I would like to mention really quick before I start that there's a brief insinuation of suicidality um, if I'm interpreting this correctly so if that's something that you feel might affect you or trigger you um, try to see if you can skip the poem um, I'll try to put a marker in the show notes of when I start the poem when I end the poem um, in hopes that'll help make this a little safer but I just wanted to mention that before I started. So here's the poem. It's Tuesday and my knees hurt because they always hurt and tonight, memory trips me up and dares me to say something. Memory sits like a dead dog in the corner. Still, we pay the gas bill, I feed the cat. I fix my lipstick, we put on our boots, and head to the bar with the good happy hour and the bartender with the six fingers on his right hand who always remembers our names Memory keeps knocking like a bad landlord I'm still here I know this because it hurts and I'm so grateful I didn't plan to be alive this long I didn't plan to eat good food I bought with poems I didn't plan to bitch about a kind of life I once believed impossible To trudge through the rain back to my home, with its full kitchen, its full bookshelves, sharing my bed with the kind of love I used to close my eyes and wish for. This life is such a heaven I forget to notice. If I could tell my younger self anything about this life, we do so much more than just survive it. Wow, I love this poem so much. The lines that I believe resonate with me the most is um, the ones where she says, I'm still here. I know this because it hurts, and I'm so grateful. And the ones where they say, um, this life is such a heaven I forget to notice. Um, I especially like the one I mentioned first because I like that she acknowledges like she's still here like that kind of positivity of like oh like I've made it and like I know this because it hurts so she acknowledges that you know she experiences pain and that it hurts and then they go on to say and I'm so grateful and like can kind of still extend that gratitude it does feel very balanced and it does feel very um productive to be able to acknowledge not only like okay like I am still here and I'm grateful to be here but you know like it it just it still does hurt Um, it can be both so love that poem by Clementine von Radix the next poem I want to talk about is birthday for Jen by Andrea Gibson Andrea Gibson is a poet you will probably be hearing about again. (laughs) Um, They're one of my favorites, and actually they were the very first spoken word poet that really caught my attention and motivated me to learn more about spoken word. Um, Because I saw this video that they did, and it was, oh, I forget the name of the poem, but it, it has something to do with a jewelry store you can you can look it up and but it was way way back like it was years and years ago and I I just think that they are just such a beautiful um voice and even just their in a literal way their voice it's um itself is very calming and has helped me through a lot and this poem, I think, has a very similar theme to the last poem. <laughs> no pun intended, because it was the last, the last poem, and also it's called the last poem, anyway. <laughs> um, because Andrea communicates um, and acknowledges that life is full of both tragedies and celebrations of life, and... It's it's a very, very beautiful poem, and I'll talk about the lines that resonated with me the most after, like I did with Clementine von Maddox's poem. I'm just going to scan this really quick for trigger warnings again. I know um, there are lines where they insinuate self-harm, and let's see if I can identify any other trigger warnings here. The only other one I can think of is there's a mention of death here. I am I genuinely apologize if there's a trigger that I can't think of right now or I didn't identify. Um, but again, I'll put the markers for this poem in the show notes if either of the um, content warnings that I just mention maybe ones that will be difficult for you. So, this is Birthday for Jen by Andrea Gibson. At 12 years old, I started bleeding with the moon and began beating up boys who dreamed of becoming astronauts. I fought with my knuckles, white as dust, and left bruises the shape of Salem. There are things we know by heart, and things we don't. At 13, my friend Jen tried to teach me how to blow rings of smoke. I'd watch the nicotine rising from her lips like fading halos. But I could never make dying beautiful. The sky didn't fill with colors the night I convinced myself veins are kite strings you can only cut free. I suppose I love this life, in spite of my clenched fist. I open my palm and my lifelines look like branches from an aspen tree and there are songbirds perched on the tips of my fingers and i wonder if beethoven held his breath the first time his fingers touch the keys the same way a soldier holds his breath the first time his finger coaxes the trigger we all have different reasons for forgetting to breathe my lungs remember the day my mother took my hand and placed it on her belly and told me the symphony beneath was my baby sister's heartbeat and her lungs were taking shape and I knew life would tremble like the first tear on a prison guard's unturned cheek like a stumbling prayer on a dying man's lips like a vet holding a full bottle of whiskey as if it were an empty gun in a war zone just take me, just take me Sometimes the scales themselves weigh far too much, the heaviness of forever balancing blue sky with red blood. We were all born on days when too many people died in terrible ways. But you still have to call it a birthday. You still have to fall for the prettiest girl on the playground at recess and hope she knows you can hit a baseball further than any boy in the whole third grade. And I've been running for home through the windpipe of a man who sings while his hands play washboard with a spoon on a street corner in New Orleans, where every boarded-up window is still painted with the words, we're coming back, like a promise to the ocean that we will always keep moving towards the music, the way Basquiat slept in a cardboard box to be closer to the rain. Beauty, catch me on your tongue. Thunder, clap us open. The pupils in our eyes were not born to hide beneath their desks. Tonight, lay us down to rest in the Arizona desert. Then wake us to wash the feet of pregnant women who climbed across the border with their bellies aimed towards the sun. I know a thousand things louder than a soldier's gun. I know the heartbeat of his mother. There is a boy writing poems in Central Park. And as he writes, he moves, and his bones become the bars of Mandela's jail cell stretching apart. And there are men playing chess in the December cold, who can't tell if the breath rising from the board is their opponents or their own. And there's a woman on the stairwell of the subway swearing she can hear Niagara Falls from her rooftop in Brooklyn. And I'm remembering how Niagara Falls is a city overrun with strip malls and traffic and vendors, and one incredibly brave river that makes it all worth it. I know this world is far from perfect. I am not the type to mistake a streetlight for the moon. I know our wounds are deep as the Atlantic, but every ocean has a shoreline and every shoreline has a tide that is constantly returning to wake the songbirds in our hands, to wake the music in our bones, to place one fearless kiss on the mouth of that newborn river that has to run through the center of our hearts to find its way home. I did it! <laughs> oh my God. I'm so sorry. That was probably really loud for you. Um, You can't tell because I'm an editing genius, but... I've had to record that so many times. <laughs> oh, Andrea, how do you breathe when you read these poems? Fuck. Wow. They really don't, though, do they? Like, do they, Do you really see... You kind of hear them breathing, but... <laughs> anyway, on that note, my... Like I said I was gonna do instead of yelling and being excited <laughs> for getting through the poem., um, I wanted to talk about the lines that really resonate me with me in this poem. Um I think the main the main one is, I suppose I love this life in spite of my clenched fist. I think about this these lines a lot. Um, they kind of come to me when I need them the most. and I think it really does describe that duality of life I was talking about before where you can love life and have things that you love about life but you can still walk through life with a clenched fist and I think there are a lot of people who experience um, this and maybe can resonate with it as well because there's a lot of things that are going on in this world and injustices um, and inequalities and oppression that make people that are like especially the ones that are in those oppressed positions um, and don't hold the same privileges as others walk around with this clenched fist and this um, just anger for life and the structures of our society but you can also still um, love this life in spite of your clenched fist or maybe, maybe you're having a hard time loving life and that's okay too but I definitely know that you, like I keep saying, is you can have both. You can be critical about life and you can express your hardships and you can go through hard times but still love your life and still find joy in it. So the last piece of art or media that I wanted to talk about is actually a new song that only came out this week by Mac Miller oh wow you know um, so I didn't know this was happening but Mac Miller is coming out with an album this month a um, post humus is that how you say it? album and I'm very emotional about it um, because I think I've mentioned this, but swimming was really important to me last year and I think will still continue to be important to me. So knowing that there is one more album is quite bittersweet to me because I know that he's not around to really, um, I guess, have finished it off in ma- the ways that maybe he wanted to. And I, it's just, it's always just bittersweet as well, knowing that there's going to be, music of his there but not him to celebrate but i'm still very excited i think it's going to be really beautiful but um, a single got released this week called good news and i think it's quite fitting for today because there is a part of the song in the chorus where he sings Good news, good news, good news. That's all they want to hear. No, they don't want to see it when I'm down. Or no, they don't like it when I'm down. I'm going to say that one more time. Sorry, I'm not confident I read that correctly. (laughs) I'm so sorry. Okay, he sings, Good news, good news, good news. That's all they want to hear. No, they don't like it when I'm down. Okay, so I am still listening to this song and it's going to take me a little while to really um, process everything that's in this song and I'm sure it's going to be the gift that keeps on giving like a lot of his music um, or at least a lot of, like a lot of the tracks on Swimming. But what really resonated me, with me the most about that and what really hits about that part of the chorus is, um, I think that when it comes to toxic positivity, um, I notice that there are people in my life that will say things like, oh, like, as long as you're happy and, um, you know, like, I hope, like, you're living a happy life. My mom actually, not to knock her, because I know she's going to listen to this, um, is very much always kind of saying, oh, like, you know, as long as you're happy, I hope you're happy. And I think that, of course, like, I want to be happy. And of course I want to remain positive and um, lead life with positivity and good feelings. But, you know, it's not always possible. (laughs) Like, I will experience both, and things will be hard sometimes. And that's okay, too. And I think as a society and as people oftentimes we can isolate ourselves and find it difficult to confide in others because we fear being a downer we don't want to be the person in the lives of the people we love that bring them down and are always negative and you know you hear people talk about those kind of people all the time and say oh they're just so negative all the time and um I think that It can sometimes be dangerous to talk about it in that way because there are just there in some instances there are people that you know really do go through it when it comes to their mental health and um will go through longer depressive episodes or maybe have dysthymia where um dysthymia I'm going to I might botch this because I don't have dysthymia, the definition of dysthymia up, but um, to my recollection, (laughs) Serena, if you're listening, Serena was a part of my social service worker diploma, and I hope she's listening to these episodes, and I love you, Serena. Um, I hope I don't let you down here, Um, but dysthymia is basically a, um, like a, type of um mental health disorder that people can struggle with where it's like a persistent mild depression so basically um so it's like it's not as severe as like a major depression but um you're it, it's almost like you're always kind of depressed and there can be like l- like lower lower Episodes, or um, sorry, um, so it's when the depressive symptoms can linger for a long period of time. So often, two years or longer, and it's o- it's a, it's almost like feeling like it's overcast all the time. Is what I'm trying to communicate. Okay, <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, wow, that winded me. I should have prepared that in advance, but. What I'm trying to say, my long-winded point being, there are just some people that um, really struggle and need safe people in their lives to confide in and communicate when they're feeling negative or down without having to be met with somebody that just um, displays or um, comforts them in those phrases we were talking about earlier by saying, like, oh, like, just be positive. Like, um, people should feel that there are folks in their life where they can go and confide in them and they'll be met with validation and hope. So that, you know, because, like, when I, when I saw that chorus and when I um, really just started to sit with it, I was, like, I felt really sad because obviously... Mac Miller will never be able to talk about his intentions with the song and what it was um, based off of. But what I can imagine is there might have been a period of time in his life, maybe even closer to his death, where he didn't feel like he could confide in others and really express how much he was struggling. And that could have contributed to what happened. Of course, I have to be really careful With saying that because um, I think it's much more complicated and we don't know anyone else's lives but um, I read this article about his final days and everyone um, that you see contributing to the article um, talks about how you know he was so positive and he was looking forward to releasing the album and You know, it was just a huge shock to everybody. And um, so when I read these lyrics of the good news, good news, good news, that's all they want to hear. No, they don't like it when I'm down. I, I couldn't help but think, oh, my God, like, was he hiding just how much he was struggling? Like, did people just not know he was struggling? And, oh, and just, like, my heart, like, the empathy and all the feelings I had in me were just, like, oh, I felt so sad. It was just such a sad moment. Um, so my, what I wanted to mention also was that I think that we all need to learn how we can meet people with validation and hope, um, so that the people in our lives don't feel like they just have to talk about good news all the time, um, as Mac Miller would say, or they can't confide in us when they're down, um. So I have some phrases here that communicate validation and hope in contrast to the toxic positivity, which I could have mentioned earlier, but I feel like is just as relevant right now. So here they are. This is hard. You've done hard things before and I believe in you. I know there's a lot that could go wrong. What could go right? All vibes are welcome here. It's pretty normal to have some negativity in this situation. It's probably pretty hard to be positive right now. I'm putting out good energy into the world for you. Sometimes giving up is okay. What is your ideal outcome? It's never fun to feel like that. Is there something we can do today that you'd enjoy? And it's probably really hard to see any good in this situation, we'll make sense of it. So the important thing is, is when you're trying to meet somebody with validation and hope, um, you're validating their feelings. You're acknowledging that things are difficult and, you know, there's, their feelings are valid and it's okay for things to be hard and for them to experience the feelings that they're feeling. Um, but you know, you can also meet them with that hope and say, okay, like things are hard right now and it's okay that they're hard, and I'm sorry that they're hard right now, and that you're feeling these negative emotions, but um, I believe in you. I'm hoping for the best for you. I hope things get better. Just that hope of like, even though things right now aren't where you want them to be and aren't easy, I hope that they will be soon. So that's all I've got for today. That's my episode on toxic positivity. Um, But before we go, as always, we're going to do an affirmation. This affirmation may seem a little out of place um, because it doesn't directly pertain to toxic positivity. But I think that sometimes when we realize that we have to experience negative emotions, or difficult feelings, and that's just gonna be a part of our lives. Um, sometimes that's like really, it's really hard. <laughs> and making space for those feelings can be hard and really draining. Um, and in those instances, we really should give ourselves extra love and extra support and um, self-compassion. So the affirmation I decided to choose today is one that you can say to yourself maybe when you're f- you're feeling kind of overwhelmed or um, bad about yourself or you need that little bit of extra love and care and attention and it's one that I pulled from Lizzo because I saw her perform on New Year's Eve in Vegas, by the way. Oh my god, can we just take a moment to talk about how horrified I was editing the last episode and realizing that I said I was going to both LA and to Vegas oh my god I was cringing so much (laughs) because I was like no I'm going to Vegas I'm not going to LA why did I say I was going to LA it's the little things you know it's the little things that can sometimes just like really (laughs) really get to you, but it's okay. I would just like to clarify now. No, I did not go to Los Angeles to see Lizzo. I went to Vegas to see Lizzo. They're different places. I know they're different places. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Let's just get that out of the way. Anyway, um, so she does this thing at her shows and you can find videos of her doing this online too where um, she has this affirmation that she has the audience say and then they also say it to her. Um, And it's really, really beautiful. And I am just so, so happy that I got to see her live and that um, there's also videos of her live available on the internet so you can experience some of the affirmations and the positivity and the, um, little just speeches she'll do regarding self-love and self-care and self-acceptance so the phrase that we're going to use as an affirmation today or actually it is an affirmation itself um, is as follows I love you You are beautiful. You can do anything. One more time. I love you. You are beautiful. You can do anything. And now we've reached the end of the show. Thank you so much for listening. As always, I hope you're healing well. Okay, until next time. Bye!